We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Yesterday, Cliff Sora shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants, a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe, and a podcast featuring organic food trends. Oh, TMI, I, too much internet information. That's oversharing. Cliff, Geico has something worth sharing with your friends. Like how on geico.com you could save hundreds on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim. Gluten-free info that's easy to swallow. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. This is the championship edition of the Waiver Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. So even if you're not in the championship game, some of these waiver wire picks might play for decent tournament plays on DraftKings. You can give it a give it a listen for sure. Uh, it is Tuesday, December twenty second of two thousand fifteen. I am Jake Latarski here alongside Nick Whalen today, who is subbing in for uh, Eric Katuri. If you are out there on Twitter, you can find Nick at Whalen, W-H-A-1-E-N, and you can find myself at Jakeski52. Nick, how many championships you got on the line this week? Just one, just one. Um, you know, I, I did a Pick'em League, actually, this year, which I've mm-hmm. been really into. That, that's almost kind of supplanted fantasy football for me in a lot of ways. That, that, that's, been, that's been a lot of fun, but I'm out of that, um, well out of that. But I, I'm in a hometown league with some friends, and, uh, and I qualified for the, I guess what you'd call the Fantasy Super Bowl this past week. Uh, I talked about the talked about this with DVR on Monday, and I wanted to ask maybe maybe you have an opinion on this too. Is it considered a quote unquote bush league to like pull your kicker or pull your defense if you're up by like a few points with just the Monday night game left? Um, personally, I, I don't think so at all. I don't think it is either. But yep. I I had some people like I think they were joking. But you know, like mm-hmm. I, I pulled, I had Cat and Zero. I think I was mm-hmm. up like one twenty three to one twenty one. Yeah. Pulled Cat and Zero. Just because you never know if he's just going to yep. have an off night and miss four kicks and mm-hmm. get you negative five yeah. points, especially with especially with extra points the way they are right now. We've seen exactly. a lot of extra points missed exactly. lately. And he ended up having like ten points, mm-hmm. so it was yeah. you know it didn't matter in retrospect. But yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that was like a normal yeah, thing. For to sure. Do. I mean, I did that with Prater this week, but I, I ended up not pulling him because I was up by like fifty. But I was ready to pull Prater. And in another league that I'm going to be playing for the championship, and I have McManus who's playing on Monday night this week, and uh, I'm going to be completely ready to pull him with a one or two point mm-hmm. lead. I actually like that flexibility option just another layer of strategy so right yeah, yeah. And it's it's nice to have the option not have to depend on your kicker for points i guess um but yeah, how many how many leagues are you in contention for i will be uh playing for a championship in two leagues and i've got semifinals in one league uh mm. clay's league our, our co-worker here uh he likes to do uh week 17 for the championship a, a one week week 17 championship so okay. uh, i've got that to uh, worry about a little bit hoping to luck my way into that one the other two i've got some pretty solid teams though so uh Pretty faithful in that. Three of five that I'm still alive, I, you know, not too bad. It's been a pretty good year. Yeah, help, absolutely. Help, helping make, make up for a couple rough weeks of daily lately. But, <laughs> but anyway, sticking to Monday Night Football, speaking of, the Detroit Lions were uh, road winners last night, uh, beating the New Orleans Saints 35-227. A lot of interesting storylines in this game. I think uh, the lead one is really more of the same. The Saints defense can't really stop anybody. No, no, not at all. We, we saw Detroit. I mean, was it twenty-one to three at one point? I think before yep. New Orleans was really able it was to get anything. Twenty-one three at halftime. Twenty-one three, right? Yep. I was, yeah, I was, I was keeping an eye more on the NBA last night with that that great <laughs> slate of games, oh, yeah. uh, which was finally capped off by Lakers or by uh, Clippers Thunder to kind of salvage everything. But yeah, I mean, this was this was kind of what we expected from the Saints D, and you know, yeah. they're kind of a week to week team where. You, they're kind of in the same category as the Falcons, I guess, for me, mm-hmm. where like you wouldn't be surprised if they beat a good team. Yep. I mean, well, you, if they're at home, they play a lot better at do. home traditionally. I do think that's kind of fading. The though. slow start here was a surprise, right? They haven't really been that good at home over the last like two, two and a half years, but they they played so well at home for so long that it, you, you kind of get the benefit of the doubt there. But yeah, they got things going a little bit in the second half, but I mean, this one really was never in that much doubt. Yeah, I pretty much watched the first half at home and then. 
uh, took off to go see the Star Wars premiere last oh, night. Oh, how was uh, that? I, you know, I'm not going. Obviously, no spoilers on the air here, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm more of a casual Star Wars fan. I've seen the movies at one point or another over the course of uh, my lifetime, but you know, you know, I'm not one that's going to recite every line or know every every mm-hmm. planet or species or race. But uh, as a casual fan, pretty enjoyable, I'd say. I've never seen any Star Wars. I don't think I've seen a single minute of any Star Wars movie. And that, knowing me, that probably doesn't surprise yeah, you at no, all. Not at all. Clay's got the box set if you're ever <laughs> interested. He? Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, back to the game. Lions doing most of the damage. Stafford threw for 250 and three touchdowns. Golden Tate caught two of them. Uh, fullback Michael Burton caught the last one. Uh, they also got two touchdowns on the ground. Amir Abdullah, nine carries, 77 in a touchdown. Joyke Bell, who I actually had a start in one fantasy playoffs, uh, eight carries for 71 yards in a touchdown. So, Feeling pretty good about that. Uh, Kelvin Johnson's starting to really scare me. Only targeted one time, caught a 19-yard pass, no touchdowns again. Are you, I mean, I don't. if you're in the situation where you're making this decision, you're probably not this far. But in case you are, I mean, how hesitant? you got to be a little bit hesitant to start a guy like Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a guy that I, I kept in, in my hometown keeper league mm-hmm. over the summer. And you know, I felt pretty good about it at the time. You know, it's Kelvin Johnson. It's still... The production hasn't been there, but the name is certainly still there. Oh, absolutely. You know, I guess I I didn't end up making the playoffs in the league, partially because of Calvin Johnson. I ended up forfeiting a pick basically to keep him. And, you know, looking at the other receivers on my roster, like Alan Hearns, guy like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy Macklin is kind of a week-to-week type of guy. And it's like Jeremy Macklin versus Calvin Johnson shouldn't be a decision, but it's like those caliber of guys, those Macklin, those like mid-to-upper-tier receivers – who certainly aren't as talented as Johnson, like those are the decisions you have to make on a week to week basis. And, you know, like you see games like this with Calvin, like it just shouldn't happen. It, it's frustrating. You know, neither of us are Lions fans by any means. I mean, imagine how frustrating it's got to be for people who actually root for this team and not just him. Yeah, absolutely. Calvin Johnson, only six targets in the last two weeks. He has been dealing with a with an ankle injury. So if you're playing in a championship, I would be very, very hesitant to start Calvin Johnson. Has uh, the San Francisco 49ers at home week 16, so that's promising. But considering the ankle injury and that the Lions are out of any real playoff contention probably uh i just don't see them needing to lean on him all all that much so i'm a little bit hesitant real quick on the saints side uh breeze ended up rebounding for a decent fantasy game actually a pretty good one 341 yards three touchdowns no interceptions statistically a little bit better than stafford there on the ground tim hightower really not a factor after 28 carries a week ago just 13 this week for 54 yards uh no other running backs really making that big of a difference uh on the receiving end brand and Cooks getting going finally. I, I'm starting to like him more in daily as, as the weeks move forward. 10 catches for 124 and a touchdown. Willie Sneed bounce back with a nice game. 10 for 76. Ben Watson, 6 for 49 and a touchdown. Marquise Colston, 2 for 39 and a touchdown. But the targets... Have very top heavy here with the Saints. Thirteen for Cooks, twelve for Snead, and twelve for Benjamin Watson. So that'll pretty much do it for the Monday Night Football game. I mean, both these teams five and nine now. Uh, nine, I wish there was a way more. to like flex schedule more than the NFL is allowed to. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something that gets brought up all the time. And there are reasons certainly that they don't do that. But mm-hmm. I wish I wish we could make it so this yeah. Monday Night game mattered. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to really get yourself engrossed in a Saints Lions 
uh, Week 15 matchup like this. Yeah, exactly. Now, they can flex the Sunday night game all they want mm-hmm. for their pride-esteemed NBC crew, but, uh, you know, the Monday night game, just a whole plethora of extra scheduling issues. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're going to move on to the waiver wire portion, meat and potatoes of the podcast here. A uh, few quick reminders, as as we usually do. No bye weeks. Week 16 should know that by now. All percentages going to be percent owned. Most of these taken early Tuesday. And fab estimates are based on standard scoring 12-team $100 budget. This week, we're probably going to back off on the fab estimates a little bit because at this point, if you need a player, you're bidding everything you have left just to make sure you get that player. There's no real need to uh, – you're basically either taking a $0 flyer or bidding the rest of your of your right. budget there's, to, I to mean, fit a need. no reason whatsoever to, mm-hmm. to not throw everything out there. Except in rare keeper formats, you definitely cannot take it with you. But uh, anyway, with quarterbacks, a couple guys you mentioned last week, A.J. McCarron still starting – Still only owned an 8% Yahoo, 12% ESPN leagues. Alex Smith, uh, not a bad option. Kansas City passing game picking it up. 37% Yahoo, 48% ESPN. And Johnny Manziel, who's actually been playing surprisingly well over these last few weeks, still only owned in 5% Yahoo, 7% ESPN. I wouldn't feel very comfortable putting the hands of my fantasy football season uh, for a championship, putting that championship in Johnny Manziel's hands, but in two quarterback leagues, maybe worth a look. Uh, A couple new options to potentially look at this week. That is Kirk Cousins of the Washington Redskins. Uh, Has a pretty solid matchup. Uh, Although he's on the road, he will be facing the Eagles, whose pass defense has not been the greatest of late. And Eagles actually, uh, you know, kind of... Top 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks at just under 19 a game. So the matchup's solid there. Cousins only owned in 25% of Yahoo, 25% of ESPN leagues. So a pretty good chance uh, that he could be there. Now, there's no major quarterback injuries this week unless you're in Manning, Osweiler, or Limbo, or maybe if a surprise were to happen with Drew Brees or something like that. But Cousins has got to be a pretty decent option. At the very least, in daily, I haven't, I haven't quite looked at prices yet, but you know him and especially Jordan Reed are looking good with this uh, Redskins passing attack yeah the thing about Cousins is I think people and myself included I sat him uh in favor of Matt Ryan this week which you know was the wrong move in retrospect but the thing about Cousins is like the ceiling is definitely there but at the same time I think he's kind of a make or break guy and it's like Mm -hmm. Are you really willing to, if you're in your semifinal or if you're in your final, are you willing to put that basically in the hands of Kirk Cousins? And Mm -hmm. he's just yet to show us that he can put together games like he had this past week or games like he had a few weeks ago um, consistently. So I like the matchup against Philadelphia for sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's one of those guys that if he came out and threw four touchdowns, maybe a pick and, you know, 300 yards you wouldn't be surprised but if he threw three picks and one touchdown and 190 yards you also wouldn't be surprised either there's just you know there's such a vacillation there between his peak and his Mm -hmm. and I guess his floor that it makes it a little bit risky to to use even on a one-week basis yeah I would definitely have to agree with you there just you know we like to name these guys because there are a lot of kind of in the middle fringe guys like I don't know Tyrod Taylor Fitzpatrick Sam Bradford Jameis Winston even Matt Ryan if you're relying on some of those guys we'd like to offer other streaming options and one other potential streaming option is Teddy Bridgewater of the Minnesota Vikings. Now I have him in a keeper league. I will not be starting him. I'm going to be starting Derek Carr. But nonetheless, Teddy Bridgewater owned in just 37% of Yahoo, 16% of ESPN leagues. Has a fantastic matchup week 16 against the Giants. Another situation where maybe you're questioning starting Teddy Bridgewater and putting your championship in his hands. But if you are in need of a quarterback, the Giants give up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks at 20.3 points per game so that's got to be another good look this week 
Right, absolutely. And you know, you're kind of choosing, you know, Bridgewater's a guy who other than his game on Sunday, you probably wouldn't be considering a ton, mm-hmm. but I guess the question is how much do you weigh, you know, his matchup against the Giants versus his production, which hasn't been that good. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, outside of week 15, it, he's been a pretty average to probably below average quarterback for a lot of the years. So yeah. I guess if you're looking at this, Jake, like what would you say? You know, if Bridge, Like I said, Bridgewater hasn't been all that impressive, but do you think that matchup against the Giants is enough that you would maybe play him over a guy like Cousins who's been you know, an objectively more productive fantasy quarterback? Yeah, I'd seriously think about it. I mean, I put both of these guys in QB2 status pretty firmly. So both of them could be QB2s in a two-quarterback format. Uh, but, you know, going out of your way to start them over a top 10, I'm a little bit hesitant on. I am encouraged by Bridgewater's recent chemistry, I guess, with Stephon Diggs developing again. He had two touchdowns this past week. And I think there's a very good chance that if the Minnesota Vikings want to win this home matchup against the Giants, they'll have to score about 31 points to beat the Giants in that passing attack. So Mm -hmm. the Giants also have a lot to play for. So this is uh, one of those late-season games where both teams really – putting it all out there on the line they're gonna miss Odell Beckham and I think it was on Bill Simmons pod yesterday he mentioned now they were talking about the backup situation that everybody Mm -hmm. knows about by now and I think he raised the question of is this the biggest fantasy suspension in the history of fantasy football quite possibly very well might be like first of all it's just so rare for guys to get suspended this late in the season right you know usually it's Mm -hmm. something that happens in the offseason and it'll cost you four games or whatever it is like there's that aspect you just don't see that many suspensions and then it literally is happening on like championship weekend for 90 percent of leagues so exactly. I, mean, I have the the fortune of the guy i'm going up against this week has beckham so i mean it's it sucks that's for sure yeah. but it's uh it's just it's kind of how the way it goes mm-hmm. i haven't looked too far into matchups yet but i'm guessing in three playoff leagues i got to be at least going, be going against, against him, him in one once, place yeah. yeah the only league where i personally had him uh was a league where one of those where i'm fourth in points but 10th in in record type mm-hmm. league so didn't make the playoffs there but uh yeah getting fortunate there some quick qb news and notes before we move on to running backs here tj yates is out for the season with a torn acl and brian hoyer in the concussion protocol so it's looking like we could have uh brandon whedon starting this week for uh the playoff seeking texans so something to watch for there maybe a stream defense target we'll hint on that later in the show uh other quarterback news Mac, matt hasselback Got beat up pretty bad in that game against the Texans. He's looking questionable. We'll see how the week of practice goes. Charlie Whitehurst is the next man up with Andrew Luck already ruled out. Uh, Marcus Mariota, knee injury already been ruled out Sunday against the Texans. Zach Mettenberger is your next man up. Again, this is news just basically for two quarterback leagues. I wouldn't advocate picking up and starting any of these guys uh, with a championship on the line. I also hinted at a Drew Brees injury during our Monday night podcast or Monday night recap, I guess, of the game. Uh, dealing with a foot injury, MRI scheduled for Tuesday. Check out rotowire.com later tonight to get the update on that when the results are disclosed. New subscribers, new trial people, 10-day trial, rotowire.com slash pod, P-O-D, quit plug there. If Breeze can't go, Garrett Grayson is the next man up. And finally, we're still going to have Osweiler, Peyton Manning controversy for probably the last several games of the year, especially now that their playoff thing isn't a lock. Uh, Osweiler dealing with the sh- sore throwing shoulder, but Manning last week didn't get much practice in. I'm a little bit hesitant on these guys, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I think that situation is just the mess of all messes. Like, can Denver really make the right call there? Is there a right decision? I don't know if there is. Yeah, hey, I think it very much depends on matchup, how ready Peyton is, but I'd still, I'd trust it. From what I saw from Manning earlier in the season, I'd probably lean towards Osweiler if I was in Denver, but I don't have any kind of if it wasn't Peyton Manning, you know? Wait, you don't? Yeah, no, no, Wait, no are like, you not making the decision? No, yeah, neither am I. Them. Neither am I. But if it wasn't Peyton Manning, this wouldn't even be a decision, right? Yeah, even I would say even so. if it was a guy who was like 
I'm trying to think of an example, like another like a good player late in his career, like even if mm-hmm. it was like Drew Brees or Carson yep. Palmer, like Peyton Manning is like still another like notch or two above those guys to the point where like you almost got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's Peyton Manning, no matter how badly he plays. And exactly. It's important to remember that yeah. somehow they were winning despite mm-hmm. his his play. I mean, you put Peyton Manning's early season numbers on any other name, behind any other name, they go to the bench immediately. Peyton Manning had a great game against right. the Packers, maybe one or two other ones mixed in there, but he had a lot more serious uh, duds mixed in there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a real tough call for Denver and their fans who are dealing with transition time. But they anyway. are. Moving along to running backs here, a uh, quick recap of the guys we mentioned last week. Tim Hightower of the Saints, uh, talked about him in the recap here. He's now owned in 71% of Yahoo, 87% of ESPN leagues. Still looks like the horse as long as New Orleans doesn't find themselves behind too early. Uh, Brandon Bolden we mentioned last week, 52% Yahoo, 75% ESPN. Uh, again, you deal with the Belichick running back situation. Uh, another guy, Denard Robinson, uh, who we mentioned last week, Jacksonville owned in 70% of Yahoo, uh, 80% of ESPN leagues. I actually think as long as Denard Robinson a little bit banged up, but if TJ Yeldon's out again, I almost put Denard Robinson in top 10 running back status just because he's going up against the Saints this week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you kind of like that Falcons matchup last week with the way that they've been defending people, but obviously that didn't that didn't really come to the fruition. But like you said, if Yeldon's out, I don't know if Denard's quite top 10, but he's he's also not bottom of the barrel by any means. Mm-hmm. And talent-wise, maybe he kind of is if you're looking, you know, if you're ranking the running backs 1 through 32. I mean, this is a guy who just started playing running back uh, basically a season and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got speed. I mean, he's a guy who's capable of breaking off big runs. Maybe not somebody that's going to be pounded at the goal line. But if Yeldon's out, they don't really have any other options. I mean, they have uh, Jonas Gray, who I believe mm-hmm. they signed off the practice squad yeah. prior to last week. Toby Gerhardt's on IR. Joe Banyard. Joe Banyard, whoever that is. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's gonna—he's gonna be the guy. That's the thing. Yep. Like, you just kind of have to play into that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and even though he might—he's not the the sexiest name out there or the best player available. He's probably going to be in the, one of the better situations. Yeah, the only concerning thing to me maybe is uh, the two fumbles last week. He was fortunate to not lose either of them. Uh, but what I really like, especially for PPR formats, is the 10 targets last week, yep. how he was used out of the backfield. And I think he's only going to get plenty more opportunities playing indoors against New Orleans. So it is a road matchup, never the easiest uh, place to play. Of course, you mentioned that status fading a little bit. But no weather factor. TJ Yeldon also on the injury report. So uh, the league I picked up Denard Robinson in, I'm hoping he can help me clinch right. a championship And the Jags still have week. something to play for, too. So, it, I mean, not that they really are in a position to, to rest anybody, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be they're gonna be trying to score and do whatever they need to do to win this game. So I, that's not really a worry to me at all, either. All right, exactly. Uh, one last running back we talked about last week, Cameron Artis Payne of the Panthers. Uh, I had a Fozzie Whitaker hunch. It was incorrect. I think Whitaker was just the guy who had the most reps, who was in in that game. That's why he got the most carries in week uh, 14 but in week 15 it really looked like Cameron Artis Payne was really more part of the game plan of course Carolina got up quite a bit so there were quite a few carries to go around Artis Payne led the team with 14 carries for 59 yards where Fozzie Whitaker only got two carries Mike Tolbert five carries Tolbert I always want to say I'm like Stephen Colbert but it's Tolbert <laughs> I kind of like Tolbert yeah Tolbert I don't know it's just when I read that I, I too many uh, years of the Colbert report I guess catching up to me here of course Cam Newton leads the Panthers in rushing though but really like an Artis Payne uh, if you can go and get, and get him, the ownership's still low enough that he makes it worth a look here uh, with this matchup, I believe, uh, against Atlanta. So, uh, yeah, definitely a good look there. But uh, as far as new guys, 
for me, as far as who I'm targeting this week, uh, it really comes down to either Christine Michael of the Seahawks or Carlos Williams of the Buffalo Bills. Now, Christine Michael had 16 carries for 84 yards Sunday against Cleveland compared to Bryce Brown, who just had nine carries. Michael, by far a more effective runner. Now, only owned in 12% of Yahoo leagues, 9% of ESPN leagues, so he should be available if you want to take a chance on Christine Michael. But here's my problem with him. I've actually got two problems with him. One, last week that was against Cleveland defense, a bottom five rushing defense in the entire league. Still couldn't get a 100-yard game in a, in a contest in which they were up for most of it. And two, the St. Louis Rams front seven always scares me quite a bit. I, I don't think I can trust myself to pick up Christine Michael and use him even in a desperate situation. Can you? Yeah, I mean, in a desperate, it depends what kind of situation you're yeah, in. I guess, I guess there's different but, levels of desperation. Right, and it's it's so tough, though. I mean, I kind of thought I was kind of leaning toward Bryce Brown this past week, and you just don't know in these these weird situations where they're on their third running back slash yep. practice squad slash bringing guys off the street, basically, in Bryce exactly. Brown, and you just I mean, you just, never know. It's Just so to fluid. illustrate that point, Eric and I recorded a whole – four-minute segment on the pod last week about Dewan Harris, which I then had to delete before posting yep. because he was released by the team. So it's really kind of a crapshoot here. It is. It is. It totally is. And I know Mario Puig had a nice big write-up on Dewan Harris in his, um, you know, his, I forget what the exact article is, but basically his starter sit column, and he was pumping up Dewan Harris, and then he goes and gets mm-hmm. cut. So, yep. I mean, it's not even it's not even in-game things where you think one guy's into the carry and the other guy won't. It's like the guy who looks – four days before the game like he's going to start ends up being cut so I mean who knows I, I, I'm certainly not going to be rushing to go grab Christine Michael but at the same time if you're in a situation where you're just like you know you have a ton of injuries mm-hmm. or guys are ruled out that you don't think are ruled out and you have to throw them in there you could probably do worse yeah no, if you really want to play the psychological game with your league and you maybe have some dead weight on your bench go ahead and pick him up so your opponent can't use him maybe because there is potential there and you yep. might want to block him there. Yeah, you got to start getting shrewd this time of year. Yeah, this is uh, yeah no holds bar at this time of year. The other guy I kind of like uh, is Carlos Williams of the Buffalo Bills. Now, the reason for this is uh, Sean McCoy. Um, it looks like he is going to be week to week. Adam Schefter reported earlier uh, yesterday that he tore his MCL on Sunday, which usually is uh, a little bit serious, so probably looking pretty doubtful for the last two weeks. In comes Carlos Williams, who had a very good start to the season, especially while Shady was on the shelf uh, a little bit. He ended up with uh, some sort of touchdown in each of his first four games before missing a few. Now, Carlos Williams didn't do a whole lot week 14, four carries for 41 yards, just one target in the passing game. Believe it or not, it was Mike Gillespie. Gillisley. Gillisley. Okay, yeah, there's there's another famous Gillespie. I suppose uh, I think there's a jazz musician or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Mike Gillisley also only had four carries but had 81 yards and a touchdown due mostly to a 60-yard run here. So I guess both of these guys are worth considering, but I'm probably leaning towards Carlos Williams just because of uh, the early season pedigree, and we know when the ball's in his hands he can actually find the end zone. Right. I mean, this is a guy that people were, I mean, you and Eric were probably telling him week three, week four, like, run out and get this guy. I mean, yep. he, he looked great. He looked like they kind of had a, this is when McCoy was still a bit bothered by an injury early mm-hmm. in the year. But I mean, this was looking like a legitimate, maybe kind of Matt Jones, Alfred Morris situation where you have one very productive back or, you know, maybe Alfred Morris hasn't quite been so productive this year, but you have one very productive back in McCoy and then another guy who some weeks can go off and, and give you a huge week as well. But, you know, he had that concussion and it just never really seemed like he was quite the same after that. And, mm-hmm. Gillisley on paper maybe looks like the better option. If you look at his yardage totals, 81, 24, 41, two touchdowns over that span. But 
So that's, that's on a total of 14 carries. You know, I think he, he's broken off a 30-yard run, a 20-yard run, and then a 60-yard run last week. So he has that ability, and you're certainly not taking that away from him. But at the same time, do you want to rely on a guy who gets most of his yardage in chunks? And you know, if he's only going to get three or four carries, you're kind of betting that he's going to have one of those runs. And mm-hmm. again, he's shown that he can do that. But you know, at some point, you kind of want the guy who's going to get more carries and give you more exactly. opportunities to, to build up those yards rather than just trying to to go for gold and get them all in one chunk yeah a guy like that pretty high ceiling potentially but a relatively low floor as well and uh cowboys who they are playing this week also aren't very friendly on opposing running backs they're neck and neck with the rams both allowing about 14 and a half points per game so these are the top three options because of opportunity you know if anything grab them to prevent uh your opponent from starting them maybe start them if you're in a really tough situation i think i'd lean towards williams more than than these three talking williams gillisley and christine michael but i mean i, I think they're all going to be owned eventually by the end of the week uh if you're in a really deep format and are probably need a desperation play, I'll give you a couple more names here. Uh, Jarek McKinnon of the Minnesota Vikings. He had himself a pretty solid game on Sunday when Adrian Peterson had to leave early, but it's Peterson's ankle injury isn't considered a concern, so I wouldn't go ahead and overreact to this. McKinnon's game last week was uh, surely respectable. Uh, only seven carries for 10 yards on the ground, but four catches for four, 76 yards and a touchdown, so that made the line look pretty nice. Uh, another name to maybe think about, Terrence West. They, uh, I know we've brought him up a few times, but Buck Allen lost a fumble and got benched week 15. Again, he had fumbling problems in the preseason. These are seemingly coming back to bite him. So if they do make a change in Baltimore, Terrence West is the next man up. Finally, Steven Jackson signed with the Patriots this week, pretty much universally available here, but the role's so unclear. I, I, I can't trust him in, in any kind of fantasy playoff scenario at, at all. These the guys thing, are just, and like saying that, like I just feel like means he's gonna they're just gonna pound him this week and he's gonna go for three touchdowns and like hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, basically keep, just pull like a Laguerre blunt or yeah, give him all his production, his entire contract in one game. We're gonna run this veteran. Yeah, I don't. Round, maybe. You just can't trust the Patriots. It just doesn't just seem like a Belichick thing to do. Just like run up a big game with him out of nowhere. But yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. take that chance. Certainly yeah. not. And I mean, New England backfield. We talked about Bolden. He was the seemingly likely candidate. Ten carries for 36 yards last week. Joey Iosefa, 14 carries for 51 yards. Uh, Led led the backfield charge, so I just it's it's impossible to predict. James White seems to be getting uh, a decent amount of looks as a running back pass catching option or, or lining up in the slot, especially with Danny Amendola uh, being injured and Julian Edelman not quite back yet. I think James White is as close to a safe thing as you can get when it comes to New England backfields, and he's still available in a decent amount of leagues. So always possibly worth taking a look there. All right, podcast listeners, we've partnered with our friends at DraftKings to run an exclusive Rotowire fantasy football contest. The final four weeks of the football season, Rotowire podcast listeners can participate against each other and Rotowire podcast hosts to earn a seat in the fantasy football championship in week 17. The week 16 qualifier is now live. It's just $5 to enter. The winner takes home $100 and a seat in the week 17 championship. If anyone played against me and my Jaguar stacks this weekend, you probably took some of my money this weekend. I'll be in again, so come after me. And uh, so join in the fun now. Sign up at rotowire.com slash draftkings. That is rotowire.com slash 
DraftKings. Well, Nick, we're getting to the second half of our show, pretty much the last traditional waiver wire podcast of the year, and we're going to move on to wide receivers. Some guys we talked about last week, Ted Ginn Jr., another two touchdowns in Week 15, his ownership up to 58%, Yahoo 58%, ESPN. Marcus Wheaton really resurging here, even though he's the third option. Plenty of firepower in that Steelers offense to go around. Wheaton owned in 30% of Yahoo and 23% of ESPN leagues. Then there's Tyler Lockett, scored again last week, getting consistent targets now. Uh, Owned in 66% of Yahoo, 54% of ESPN leagues. I really like Tyler Lockett in every keeper league. I think he needs to be owned there. I think he is pretty much a wide receiver three in in championship weekend now. I think he's earned that status. just based on the Seattle offense that, without a running back, has had to turn to Russell Wilson to essentially be the leading rusher and passer in this offense. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that over the last few years, you know, Russell Wilson has certainly played very well. Nobody's debating that. But it was always a, you know, this is a running team. Russell Wilson was just a like a really, really good game manager. Calling him a game manager probably isn't fair, but... It's his team now. I mean, he's the one making plays. They're on. We, we just talked about the running back situation. It's a total disaster, and, and he's just kind of taking things into his own hands. That offensive line was terrible early in the year. He's made, you know, I don't know whether that's on him, whether it's on the coaching staff, whether it's on the line themselves, but they're formidable all of a sudden. He's slinging the ball around 30, mm-hmm. 40 times a game and, you know, making guys like Lockett and Doug Baldwin and yep. and the rest of these guys just look like – you know pro bowl caliber receivers and mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it maybe they were just maybe these guys aren't playing over their head maybe they just weren't utilized correctly but you know i i do like lockett quite a bit i think baldwin is certainly a better target if you have the choice between the two you know baldwin probably not available or as available mm-hmm. as lockett might be but the other thing with lockett is he gives you that special teams edge too and you know chances are he's not going to bring one back but you never if know. you had to bet on anybody any week, it's probably him, right? You yeah, know, so uh, I would give him that edge for if, sure. If it's, a, if it's a situation where you're deciding between him and another like very similar player, like Marcus Wheaton, another guy you mentioned, a third receiver, mm-hmm. a guy who can go for two touchdowns on one week but might only have two catches the next, if you're kind of making that decision between two mid-tier guys like Lockett and Wheaton, then maybe maybe you do go with Lockett because of that little extra boost that he could give you in special teams. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely uh, in the playoffs because of Doug Baldwin in two of those three leagues, uh, someone who I just just hung on to on the bench, you know, and and happened to be on my roster when he started going off. So he's been having some good weeks, and I do like these Seahawks receivers against the Rams defense, who front seven is very respectable, but uh, the secondary not so much so. So there might be some solid opportunities there. And when it comes to daily, you can find Lockett for maybe two thousand less than Baldwin after his prices just skyrocketed due to the recent performances, and rightfully so. So I think Lockett all keeper leagues. Wide receiver three in some deeper championship leagues and a decent option in daily as well. I'd keep rolling his way. Let's head on over to the Meadowlands. Well, I guess this game will be played in Minnesota, but as far as waiver wire pickups, new names to mention. He's someone who's made the podcast before with injuries to Victor Cruz, but this time it's the Odell Beckham suspension that will be putting Ruben Randall as the front runner in our wide receiver free agent list. Now, this man is owned in just 35% of Yahoo leagues, 34% of ESPN leagues. You got Odell Beckham Jr. suspended for one game. Of course, he's appealing. I think there's a hearing tonight or tomorrow. Um, I, I think it's doubtful after seeing those videos that he gets that suspension revoked in any way. So we're counting on Odell Beckham suspended. I'd say you pretty much have to go out and get Ruben Randall, and I think you can almost consider him a top 25 receiver this week because Odell Beckham targeted 151 times this season entering week 16 that's good for number five in the national football league of course uh, julio jones deandre hopkins antonio brown and demaris thomas 
rounding out the top four there. But those 12, 14 targets a week got to go somewhere, right? right not, why not Ruben Randall? Yeah, why not? I mean, they don't really have another prominent option in this mm-hmm. offense, and they also don't have a super strong running game to lean on in the absence of Beckham. So, you know, you talk about redistributing targets. They, they Like you said, they have to go somewhere, and I think by default that guy is Randall, and, you know, basically owned in a third of leagues on, on both Yahoo and ESPN. Um, you, you could certainly do worse as a flex or as a, as a third wide receiver. Yeah, he's gotten five or more targets in all but two games this season for Ruben Randall. So at least there's a, a pretty solid floor there, but the ceiling could be through the roof uh, with Eli Manning uh, pretty much having to go to him because Dwayne Harris will be in the mix. I'm sure he'll get maybe six to eight looks. Uh, the tight end, emerging tight end, Will Ty has got to be worth a look as well. But uh, really leaning towards Ruben Randall, I think he's the rest. Of, he's a type of guy that you spend the rest of your fab money on if you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner because that'll probably be the last need you need to fill this year unless you're playing Week 17. Uh, go after him. Start him. I think I'm going to go after him in daily. He does have a tough matchup against the Vikings uh, who have a pretty respectable defensive secondary there. But going for Ruben Randall. Another receiver option I like this week, though uh heading on over to new england i mentioned the injury to danny amendola we'll learn more about that as the week goes on but uh as far as slot receivers go sean martin of the patriots this is a lot more of a stretch than randall is he's far less of a lock uh owning just six percent of yahoo five percent of espn leagues and we'll be dealing with the jets uh on the road in week 16 but I mean, Martin, three catches on four targets for 26 yards. I think if you're in a PPR league, you can probably at least count on maybe a five, six point floor from Kishon Martin better than taking a zero, right? Yeah, I think so. And it, it kind of depends on your situation. But, you know, if you are if you are in a spot where you're really confident about the rest of your lineup and you just really can't afford to have a guy who gives you nothing, then maybe that's where you look, you know, just to kind of kind of cut your losses at the position and just make sure you don't get a complete dud. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. You got to get something in there. And when you're in some of those 16 team, you know, three wide receiver and a flex leagues, it gets pretty thin. So Keyshawn Martin might be worth a look. I know a lot of Patriots fans are pretty high on him as a slot receiver, especially considering the injury situation. Moving on over to tight ends, I want to mention a few guys that we already talked about. Now, Austin Safarian Jenkins of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of Jameis Winston's favorite targets early on in the season. Uh, He's been back a couple weeks now. He's still owned in only 52% of Yahoo and 36% of ESPN leagues. Uh, Three catches in each of the three games that he's come back. He finally found the end zone last week uh, in St. Louis. Uh, Three catches uh, for 29 yards and a touchdown. But yeah, three weeks, nine catches. 18 targets, something decent to look at. He should probably be owned, especially if you're looking for a tight end there. Also, Zach Miller of the Chicago Bears essentially stepping into what has been Martellus Bennett's role. Uh, Still a lot of availability on Zach Miller, 34% Yahoo, 37% ESPN. But kind of related to the Ruben Randall thing, I want to revisit Will Ty just after the Odell Beckham Jr. suspension. Uh, ownership's still very low. I actually have him in one league, and I'm struggling with him and Ertz right now because I think Ty, who got into the uh, end zone last week, was targeted eight times, ended up with five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown, and that's against a tough Carolina Panthers defense. Can you see yourself in certain situations, I guess, potentially starting Will Ty if you've had a rough tight end season? I mean, uh, Tyler Eifert's still kind of in limbo with the status for this week. I know he brought a lot of teams to a championship early on. I, I, I would say that, uh, I mean, between Safarian Jenkins and Zach Miller, I would almost go tie over all three of those guys. 
Yeah, I think the sample size is finally getting there that you can trust him. Um, you know, something you look for certainly when you're targeting guys like this, relative unknowns to start the year, is consistent target load. And you look in his in his last six games, six targets, seven, eight, four, five, eight. So, I mean, at least mm-hmm. five targets in five of those six games is huge um, as far as just finding a, a high floor. So whether he gets into the end zone or not. You know, he's not a guy that you want to be starting, but if, like you said, if you're in a tough situation, if you happen to have two tight ends that are hurt or you, know, you want to spend your fab elsewhere and, and you have to go with them, it could certainly be worse. And I think we talked about where, where they're going to have to redistribute those targets without Beckham. Maybe mm-hmm. one or two of those fall to Will Ty. Yeah, and real lastly on the tight end situation, I want to mention, because we're talking about targets, Zach Ertz targeted 13 times last week against the Arizona Cardinals. He's got some availability, I'm sure, uh, going against uh, Washington Redskins at home. But last week, eight catches on 13 targets. Team high 13 targets. More than Matthews, more than Cooper, more than Huff, more than Selleck, any other options there. But 78 yards and a score for Zach Ertz. I'm definitely going to be considering using him this week. There's actually a league where I'm going to start Julius Thomas at tight end and against the Saints and Zach Ertz in the flex and I'm going to feel pretty comfortable about that with a championship on the line there but uh, moving on to kickers not really going to spend a whole lot of time on kickers this week uh, again my advice look for the dome kicker with the highest over under throw out the weather so you're not checking weather forecast that day and uh, find a game where the most points are going to be scored I think that's your safest bet if you got any pressing kicker questions feel free to get at me on twitter as far as streaming defenses go this is another big week if you don't have one of the top tier defenses uh last week i pick up the pittsburgh steelers i'm going to stick with them this week uh against baltimore against either matt Schaub, jimmy claus and whatever happens there steelers ownership has dried up a little bit and rightfully so they're a top 10 fantasy defense this year at 49 percent of yahoo leagues and 62 percent of espn leagues but a couple other options with the steelers with lower ownerships Tennessee Titans, only owned in 11% of Yahoo, 16% of ESPN leagues. Had some rough fantasy games this week, but they get Brandon Whedon and the Texans at home this week. I always like streaming defenses at home. And then if you're going to judge it on quarterbacks, why not the Detroit Lions, 23% of Yahoo, 16% of ESPN leagues. They get Blaine Gabbert and the 49ers at home. So, uh, uh, Yeah, I, I, they're like two quarterbacks that you would like want to target any more than those two. I don't think so. I no, mean, that's that's a dream scenario. We're in a weird situation with quarterbacks. I mean, look at the teams right now that are like that are in the playoffs or would be in the playoffs if the season ended. Like New England's got Brady, Cincinnati's got McCarron, and you got Osweiler in Denver, Whedon in Houston, Alex Smith mm-hmm. in Kansas City. I mean, if if the Jets were to get in, you'd be you'd have Fitzpatrick, otherwise Roethlisberger. But and it's kind of the same story in the NFC too. You know, outside of Outside of Russell Wilson and Aaron, well, I guess the quarterbacks are a little bit better there. You got Kirk Cousins is kind of an mm-hmm. iffy guy, but the fringe um, guys are a little. Yeah, bit the better. AFC is interesting. We're gonna have. I mean, you could look at like a round one, uh, Alex Smith at uh, Brandon Whedon, which would be very yeah, interesting. Absolutely. I mean, just like kickers, I like to look at dome kickers with the highest over under. My two favorite factors with defenses are our home teams and opposing quarterback, and I think. Home against Brandon Whedon or home against Blaine Gabbard are both excellent options. This 49ers offense is depleted. I'm actually going to – I dropped Detroit earlier in the year. They've been kind of a stream back and forth. I'm going to go see if I can pick up Detroit this week. Uh, I'm going to stick with Pittsburgh in one week in, – in one league and uh, hoping that I can carry them to the championship. Who's your fantasy defense in your championship? Uh, let me check real quick I got, I've got another championship where somehow in a 14-teamer I picked up the Cincinnati Bengals Ooh. last week, and I'm going to be starting them okay. again this week. I really like what they're bringing to the table. I have table. a couple choices right now, and I might have to dip into the waiver wire and, and take a look. I got, I got the Jets. They're going up against New England. 
Yeah, probably want to. So I don't want to do, and I also have the Rams, but they're at Seattle. So yeah, also, don't wanna, I really don't want to go with either of those. Yeah, those are um, tough options. I, I don't, I don't know that like New England's going to run up the score on the Jets, but they're also not. You know, you don't really see the Jets forcing two or three turnovers. You know, that's yeah, that's kind of the unlikely. thing you're looking for there. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to take a look. At, I guess at the waiver wire. I mean, there's there's plenty of defenses available. I, I, I don't know. I mean. Do you like do you like the Redskins D against Philly? I feel I, I feel like Philadelphia is about as turnover prone as it gets. Yeah, I would agree with you there, but I also think that Philadelphia will eventually score enough points yeah. in the high twenties just because uh, of pace and just playing garbage time mm-hmm. against soft coverage at the end of games when they're down by thirty points. So I, I you know they're not necessarily a target, but there's there's thinking know, that I, that I Houston Tennessee game might be the ticket. Mm-hmm. What's the over under on that game going to be like thirty? <laughs> Well, let's see. I mean, no Mariota for for mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah, that's a good question. This is going to be ugly. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah if mean, you have kids, cover their ears while I while I read this over under. Um, let's see. Where do you usually look for over unders? Uh, usually they're just in the box score. There. Yeah, I just go to ESPN. I, yeah, usually. something in the box score there. Uh, but Oof. you know what? I, actually, they might not have the over under without the quarterbacks. Uh, situation set. Uh, yeah, you're stone. right. Yeah. You're right. They don't. Yep, Most lot, games yep. do. Uh, no, no over under for the Colts Dolphins either. Obviously, the Colts QB situation kind of up in the air as well. But yep. uh, yeah, not even a line on this game yet. It'll be one of the uh, lowest on the week. You'll probably have to go to a pretty obscure website to find someone that's going to take a line. There's some ticket prices on here that are pretty rough yeah. too. I mean, or you have can, a pretty ballsy bookie too. I mean. Yeah, you can go to the Chiefs game. Uh, this is a potential like clinching game for them at home to the Browns. You can go there for six, 16 bucks. Oh wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm sure might as well. the tickets flying off the shelves in Cleveland. There are uh, 7,372 available. And you can get to to see Johnny Manziel in action. That line is 13 and a half, Kansas City. On the road in Cleveland? No, 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 at home. Oh, at but home. Still, yeah. Oh, man. That's high. Yeah, that is quite that's a bit. Really That'll high. probably be one of the bigger ones of the week. Some of the uh, Detroit by 10 over the Niners. I, I like that one. They're the home team, and it's Blaine Gabbert. Seattle so by 14 that. and a half. Pittsburgh 11 and a half on the road. Seattle was 16 and a half, and a half last week, and they covered. Wow. So, you know, they're, they can I mean, absolutely do it. Does anybody want to play? Like, there are a lot of teams in the NFC that I don't want to play, but Seattle, Seattle's up there. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of teams that would rather play Carolina than Seattle. Yeah, I, w- I would have to uh, wrong, agree but. with that. Almost even, I mean, as Packer fans up here, if, if you had to take your pick, God, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, 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 they would I'm, host Seattle, fortunately, because Seattle would probably end up as a wild card. Yeah, that's the thing about Seattle is if they're going to make the Super Bowl, and they're kind of the trendy pick right now with how well they've been playing. If they're going to make it, they need to win three straight games on the road in three straight weeks. They're not going to mm-hmm. get any help. Yeah, so that's usually we'll going to be tough. They don't get that home field. There was advantage. an interesting comparison on the radio. This doesn't have to do with Seattle, but more Carolina on the radio last night. I think it was uh, George Sedano on ESPN said that he thinks Carolina is a lot like last year's Warriors, where they're beating everybody. They're 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 dominating their schedule they're running through it they're they're undefeated obviously the warriors weren't undefeated but similar situations but nobody you know nobody counted the warriors in everybody thought they were going to get beat by san antonio san antonio doesn't even make it out of the first round they thought the clippers they thought the Cavs. even you know they were down 2-1 but nobody really believed because they hadn't been there before the warriors have never been to the conference finals with this group and i think this do you think that same logic kind of applies to carolina where we're 14 and 0 and people mm-hmm. still haven't bought into them. Like I feel like people yep. feel the same about them now as they did 5 weeks ago. Yeah, people are still trying to fight for Brady and Belichick as MVP and coach of the year when realistically it's, it's got to be Cam Newton, Ron Rivera. It's at like this you point. can make a case for Brady and Belichick. I don't have a problem with that, but like if you know anything about the NFL and you know how these things work, like you just know it's going to be Cam. Like the, the the way that these mm-hmm. narratives form and and who wins awards and why, like exactly. you just know that's how it's going to be and people just can't accept that for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and I, I mean I really like the Panthers chances in the playoffs. Me they too. have that's all the uh they have all 
the, the the factors that you look for in terms of strong defense, quality rushing attack, regardless of who's in the backfield. Sounds like they're going to rest John Stewart mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks, and and why not? Uh, they don't really they've got their one seed essentially locked up at this point. Yeah, so. I mean the NFC is going to be fun. You got like three teams for sure in Carolina, Arizona, and Seattle that I think people think can win the Super Bowl, and I agree with that. And then Green Bay, which is kind of the, I mean they're ten and four. They might they might finish out the season twelve and four, and it would seem like a disappointing twelve and four somehow. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Well, uh, hey, that's going to do it for the Tuesday Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. We'll be back for one more Waiver Wire podcast next week. We'll pretty much be talking uh, the awards, pickup of the year, all Waiver Wire teams, stuff like that. Uh, so go ahead and tune in for hopefully some entertainment there. And also remember to use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your first deposit on DraftKings for a free contest entry today. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That is rotowire.com slash pod. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski, joined by Nick Whalen today. Uh, if you are out there on Twitter, I'm at jakeski52. You can find Nick at Whalen with a number one instead of the L. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Joe and Mike. Sam Adams, we're constantly improving who we are, what we do, and how we brew. We may craft over 60 styles of beer, but it's Boston Lager that has captured the heart of America since 1984. With its deep amber color, caramel notes, and signature hop character, what better to have in your pint glass? Sam Adams, Boston Lager. Pursue better. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, take responsibly. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.